Welcome to the Launch University Podcast, turning good intentions into reality in your career, business, and life. Here's your host, Kevin Jennings. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Launch University Podcast. This is Kevin Jennings, and I am happy to be here with you today. Guess what? It is August 1st. Can you believe it? I cannot. Uh, I'm, I am wigging out a little bit at how fast this year has flown by. Uh, my daughter just had her last day of school yesterday, and I have a three and a half year old who is going into, a, I guess, pre-K three or whatever they call that stuff. But either way it goes, I just feel like life is moving. Uh, my business is growing, but I am so busy, and I'm sure you are as well. So with that being said, I want to thank you for taking time to hang out with us today because that matters. We recognize you could be spending your time anywhere and you've chosen to allow us to have a small piece of that in your week, in your day, and we cherish that opportunity. So I'm not going to delay this very long. You are in for a treat because we are actually replaying one of my personal favorite episodes from the podcast, and that's episode seven with Chef Ford Fry. And it's all about how to repeat success. This, in many ways, I feel is one of the biggest challenges for any launcher, because once you get back into the grind of another launch, you will eventually ask yourself, can I do this again? Can we pull this off one more time? Will this really work? People start to bank on your ability to succeed as a launcher because you've done it well before. And when you have another success and another one, the stakes get higher because people are entrusting you with more resources, more responsibility, bigger projects. And you're asking yourself, can I do this again? Well, if you are, this podcast will put your mind at ease, but it'll also let you hear that you're not crazy. Everyone goes through this. Uh, Chef Ford Fry is one of the best restaurant tours in all of the Southeast, and his restaurants spread all over Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, I love his restaurants, as does the team. And what we can learn is once you launch over 10 successful restaurants, um, and anyone knows about the restaurant business, it's a very challenging business, right? I mean, there's not many industries where on day one, you have to have a big staff. On day one, you have to have a lot of equipment. On day one, you have to have a lot of food in the refrigerator that could go south and, and be wasted if it just sits still for days, depending on how fresh the ingredients are. Many of us don't have to pay for certain insurances for people to slip and fall in a building. Like So there's so much at stake for the average restaurant launch that many of us will never have to encounter. But when you can get through that and actually do well multiple times, 10 times over, you know a lot about launching. You know a lot about how to manage the tension of risk and delays for building permits and all these other challenges that really sit in that industry. So I think we all can learn a lot from Chef Ford Fry today. So I'm not going to dig too far into it, but David Farmer sat down with Chef Ford Fry and actually had a chance to have this conversation back when we first got started on episode seven of this podcast. And I think you're going to enjoy it. Um, and so without further ado, here is David Farmer with Chef Ford Fry. Hey everybody, this is David Farmer and I am hosting Launch and Learn today. And I am really excited to have Ford Fry with me today. Ford's a good friend and an incredible restaurateur. And I gotta tell you, if you're not from Atlanta, 
you're missing out. Ford has um, what are arguably the hottest restaurants around Atlanta right now. Uh, made quite a name for himself here in this town and the southeast. He does have one that he's opened up outside of Atlanta in Houston. If you're in Texas, you got to check it out. Uh, but Ford, welcome. Thanks so much for uh, coming and giving some time and talking about launching with us. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, I want to begin by just getting you to talk about your business. Yeah. Um, what What's your business look like today? Um, give us a little bit of the background there. Wow. Well, um, you know, I, I you know started off as a chef and uh, has I guess grown to more of a chef slash entrepreneur or chef uh, restaurateur in a way, um, and pretty much opened one restaurant and you know, work that, you know, pretty long hours, I'd say for at least about five years and really got that down. And what was the name of that, that restaurant? Was, that was JCT. Okay. So if you're in Atlanta, that's on the West side over off Hal Mill. And after, you know, after five, you know, we go, we opened in 2007, which was just, just a year before, uh, the economy, um, uh, hit and uh, oddly enough, we uh, were always seeing positive 10, 15, 20 percent uh, year after year growth. So um, it was pretty exciting for us. Uh, so at that point, you know, investors were more uh, likely or excited about uh, doing more. So pretty much after that, uh, since I'd say our second restaurant, number 246, and on the Decatur Square opened in 2012. Um, and now we're at uh, 10. So, so since 2012 till now, 2016, we've uh, opened uh, 10 more restaurants. So it's been uh, pretty <laughs> five of them last year, but it's been a uh, pretty fun uh, couple of years, actually. And I know you're not going to brag on yourself, so I'm going to do this, but I'm going to get you to back me up on some of this. These are restaurants that have opened to a lot of critical acclaim. They're very popular. They're doing well. I know one of those, the Optimist, when it opened, if I'm not mistaken, Esquire magazine called it the best new restaurant in America. Yes. Um, that's Congrats. That's awesome. Thank you. That's one of my favorites for sure. And uh, they've all just been really well received. And um, it's been a heck of a ride to see uh, how popular your restaurants have come. And frankly, you've become as well because chefs are hot these days. So I don't know if this is what you thought you were getting into, but you've been on quite a ride. Yeah, I mean, I, I know that wasn't what I thought about when going, you know, back when I first started as a chef, uh, chefs weren't necessarily that that popular. So uh, over time, I think it's changed a lot. Yeah. Now, um, for those of you who are listening, this is incredible. Ford is actually opening up another restaurant today, the day we're recording this in the Buckhead area of Atlanta. And so I didn't, when we booked this, I had no idea that you had another restaurant opening and you didn't even bring it up. I found out about that and I'm going, how can you be here? I'm shocked that you're here when you've got a restaurant opening today. How's that possible? Well, you know, I mean, I, I think my passion, and that was at the beginning in 2012, was really... It, it was really a passion, not necessarily about myself, but it was a passion about other people and and giving other people, chefs in particular, um, the uh, empowerment, um, coaching, mentoring, side by side, whatever uh, we want to call it, uh, into in watching them grow in their career. And so, so over the past few years, it's it's I've, I've been really fortunate to be able to see that and kind of see that through. Um, so to be able to be here on an opening day. 
you know, I didn't really think much about I didn't really even think much about it, which is great because it just kind of shows that this is not about me, you know, and it's it's about you know, all the people that are working alongside of me and, you know, and let alone, I don't, you know, I think me popping in there on the first day is going to make people a little bit more nervous. So I may pop in there tonight or something like that, obviously, but for the most part, they're fantastic. And, um, I think it's that, I think it just shows, it shows when you don't, uh, when things aren't all about you and you, and, and you focus on others before yourself, it has been truly rewarding for me and I can't, I wouldn't do it any other way. Well, um, as many of you may know, I work with Chick-fil-A, and I can't imagine opening a restaurant and not being there. So I think that's incredible the way that you've begun to replicate yourself in your team, um, the team leaders that you've got. So congratulations on this opening. I'm excited about going. This is another restaurant called Superica, which is a... um, talk about it kind of a tex-mex concept you've got yeah i mean i grew up in uh houston texas so uh tex-mex food was an every other day meal for us uh we can eat it all the time if we like and there was just a strong passion and really i mean i'm going to get back on the people thing again but you know i've always wanted to do tex-mex and i've always craved tex-mex uh that i just miss by living in atlanta i mean i think there's some places that are pretty good but nothing like i really remembered um uh, so superica is a uh really kind of a play off of what you would find in austin texas and austin a lot is is about uh casual food it's about live music uh mexican breakfast you know mexican all different you know times of the day so but I, really how it launched was I have a, a chef, uh, one of our vice president uh, chefs, who's super, super talented guy, Kevin Maxey. He, um, he also grew up in Texas, and he came on. I brought him on uh, to work along, you know, side me just to help me open these more upscale casual restaurants or, or more even more upscale restaurants. And one day I, I noticed that he wasn't – he. Um, I could tell, I could just see in his face that he just wasn't this, you know, he still hadn't found exactly what his passion and drive was. And, and we, so we were on a trip together and I said, what is your passion? He says, and he said, man, I don't know. I said that a lot of it is his family and family time. And I don't see myself running a restaurant day after day. I said, well, let's, let's, let's run, let's, let's do something where, where you can be over you know, see this whole business and, you know, grow from a multiple, this is our third Tex-Mex restaurant. Um, and he's been a key player, uh, in ensuring that being it, cause being from Texas, he also understands how to cook that. So he and I were kind of the only chefs in the company who, who knew how to do that. And I think we achieved that goal for him, just seeing him grow and, um, and take these, this brand, I guess, to a higher level. It's really been fun. I want to go back in time and talk about the transition to becoming an entrepreneur, launching out on your own. Uh, you went to culinary school in New England. You worked in some really upscale restaurants. You were part of the Ritz-Carlton organization for a while. You worked for a company that did high-end prepared foods and you said you opened JCT back around 07. What led you to deciding that you wanted to launch out on your own and and talk about that transition? Because we've got folks that are wrestling with that kind of decision in their lives right now. 
Yeah, I mean, I remember it pretty clearly. You know, as any chef, and you know, who knows? I mean, most maybe there's other professions out there where everyone has a strong desire to have their own place, but very few actually are are able to get there or um, decide to uh, you know take that step outside to get there. And JCT was one where I knew I was ready. Uh, you know, deep down, I wanted to have a a partner and I kept saying that to my family I'm like I really want a partner my family you know had been in business you know in different degrees as well and they're like challenging that thought of uh, a partner and they're like why do you need a partner and I tried to make up some reason why I needed a partner and I never won that argument um, so finally uh, my brother-in-law was really the one that says hey listen I'll I'll hold your hand. I'll hold your hand while you walk out that door, you know, and and let, let's let's do this. And he so so I, you know pretty much went out on a limb and just did it. And um, and he lives in another uh, he lives in Houston, so I, I was able to kind of do and make all the decisions that I needed to make. And you know once once I did it, it was like okay, this is not that difficult. I understand, you know what the community wants. I feel like I understand what that neighborhood wanted, what the city wanted, and what made sense. So um, that was that. Once that happened, then it just, then I just started having a passion for people, and and that just in turn turns into a passion of entrepreneurialism and trying to train them into being entrepreneurs as well. So do you have any regrets at this point uh, about starting out and launching? Um, yeah, none whatsoever. None whatsoever. I mean, I, I don't know... I don't think I could have it any other way. That's I great. I really think that, that strongly about it. So think back. You're getting going. Um, what were you most excited about and what were you most worried about? You know, it's an interesting question because I was probably most excited about everything, all aspects of it, to see a project that I, you know, kind of concepted in my mind that I'm passionate about and the you know whether using local farmers and cooking over burning wood and and creating uh, an experience is 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 really overall what was the most exciting part and most gratifying part as watching it kind of come full circle and um, the, but the crazy thing is that what I was most nervous about was nothing and that's that that was what I didn't know didn't scare me. Looking back upon it, I should have been nervous. I should have been scared uh, about everything, all aspects of what was going on, going into a crazy location, a location that was deemed a um, uh, more of a cursed location, people had said. Yeah, talk about that, because it's in an area of Atlanta that is really hot now, but it was not quite hot when you launched JCT. Is that fair? Yeah, I mean, it was getting there. I think right when I, I think there was a couple restaurants that were there before me that pioneered it a little bit during a slower time. But for me, I think I got in at the right time, but I, I was in the back at that point in time. So that's why everyone, it was, it was you, you have to go into the center and drive around the back. So everyone said that that was a, just not a great location, but no real visibility from the street. No real visibility. But what, what, what kind of grabbed me was that the restaurant that had opened before us was very busy from day one. They just, over time, just could not execute in certain, for whatever reasons. And which, that told me because they were busy, people knew that spot. So I, I didn't let that bother me at all. 
So you're in this first restaurant, JCT, about five years. Yeah. Is that right? Before yeah. you uh, launched your second restaurant. What's happening during that time? I want to come back to what's happened since you opened the second. But what? talk about the, the days when it's just this one one uh, restaurant. I think uh, the first year was definitely me diving into all aspects uh, from the uh, you know of course from the chef aspects to the business side aspects to the payroll to I mean every single aspect I felt like I needed to know all aspects and none of them were difficult and then over time as I as I kind of grew into it we just slowly started uh, farming out and, and empowering others to kind of take over, you know, certain tasks, um, as well as uh, another chef who uh, was my right-hand man who's still with us and, you know, doing a fantastic job. And he, uh, you know, me kind of, come year three or four, I was taking more of a bird's-eye view, but was around every day, probably six days a week. You know, just watching and and just not sitting around when when, I mean, I guess it's just that owner mentality as far as maintaining and managing and and uh, and growing and just looking at every little aspect from the light levels to the volume of the music to the cleanliness to I mean, you name it. So, I think over the you know that time was really important that I just kind of started the beginning of building some sort of a culture and philosophy and and um into how we do things and what we really stand for so it's fair to say that in those early days there was very little going on in the restaurant that you didn't at least from time to time get involved with yeah my function yeah my man i was touching every single thing answering almost every question And, Um, and and you do that in part i guess out of necessity yeah 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 and then things begin to turn, and what I hear you saying is then you're able to bring in people. You start to replicate yourself, and you bring in other people that can take on leadership, and you share that. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, my passion was more from to, to kind of create a chef-driven company where uh, a lot of the decisions, a lot of the focal people, a lot of the people who were out in the, the forefront were the chefs. And so a buddy of mine, Drew Belin, uh was working in town for with another a couple other restaurants, super high-end restaurants where and he had he had kind of pulled me aside, you know, at some point, you know, was interested in starting his own restaurant and wanted advice on certain things. And so when an opportunity came about, I, I immediately thought of him. I said, well, why don't we why don't, why don't I this could be the beginning here. I can let's bring him in. Let's make him, you know, he can invest a little bit of money. He can be a partner in this things and he'll own it. And that's really what happened with 246. And he did. He owned it. And um, it's a fantastic restaurant. And you know, since then, he still oversees that restaurant, but he's also overseeing every other restaurant as well. So it's been really a fun, fun ride with him. Talk a little about the timeline for growing your business after you opened 246, your second restaurant, because it's been pretty crazy lately. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I think that's where I brought in. There was, a, there was one of my old bosses from years ago back from Colorado uh, I worked for him in Colorado I worked for him in Santa Barbara and I was remembering him I'm thinking uh, you know I really wish we really need a COO we really need someone if we if we're ramping up this growth we need to put all this infrastructure in place so that we can grow and um, you know oddly enough he popped up on LinkedIn and and uh, and he had like an address like a uh, 
a couple miles from my house and I thought that was just the, the craziest thing so we met up at 246 and he uh, you know he's back in town he was uh, finishing up his consulting thing he was doing so he's come on and you know we just sat there and chatted for a couple hours about what he's like Ford what do you want to build and I told him what I wanted to build and um, my passion for people and training people and teaching them how to how to become restaurant operators and restaurant owners and chefs and he's like okay and then that was that you know we we um we've started building the infrastructure the infrastructure kind of was 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 the vehicle that allowed us to so we were never stretched by any means so right now we're kind of growing into our uh, infrastructure infrastructure if that makes sense you've had i know the last two years a lot of activity opened how many restaurants in 15 and 16. uh I would say that's in the seven, six to seven restaurants. Uh, one of them was a, you know, a more of a consulting project, which did take some energy uh, within the Four Seasons Atlanta. So, you know, not only did it was it a little bit, dif- you know, difficult with operations. We also brought in in-house design, uh, which is also a difficult task as well. But we tried to bring everything in so we could kind of keep it, you know, at eyesight and and move forward at a good pace. So. And you've got a lot of momentum now. Have you, do you feel like there's a certain level of activity as it relates to opening new restaurants or concepts that the organization can handle? And are you in a sweet spot or you, you think you, you can do more or you need to do less as you look ahead? You know, I think we um, this year we called it a year of we, – we purposefully – held off on this year to really not have any openings if, if, if maybe just one opening is really the only one we're going to do um, you know and our philosophy for this year was to uh, get better versus bigger this year and I think that kind of makes sense because we did a, a you know a fast growth now it's it was time to kind of sit back for a year uh, watch hey where, where do we land you know how can we polish things how can we strengthen all the businesses and really all that's going to do is just set us up for even faster growth, I'd say, but also to kind of determining how we grow and where we grow and why we grow. So just not wanting to get too far ahead of yourself and potentially jeopardize yes. all that you've built thus far. Exactly. Okay, good stuff. i got a lot more I want to ask you. So I think what we're going to do is we're going to split this up into two parts. So we'll wrap this part up. One, Ford, again, thanks so much for being part of the conversation, trying to help others that are interested in launching uh, learn from your experiences. And uh, if you're listening, we want you to come back and hear part two of the interview with Ford Fry. What did I tell you? What did I tell you? I had a feeling you were going to enjoy this episode. If nothing more than to be reminded that every launch is what builds that muscle, right? That launching in and of itself is this idea of strengthening what it takes to walk into uncertainty and to say, do I have a way I manage myself? the way I manage others and the way I manage circumstances and ambiguity to bring purpose, clarity, vision, a plan to things that have never been done before. And that is what Chef Ford Fry does every time because every neighborhood's different. Every restaurant's different. Uh, every community's different. The times in which you launch are different. And so I'm just grateful that you had a chance to hear from him. Um, if you enjoyed that podcast first, guess what? There's part two. As David alluded to, 
Uh, episode eight was actually the continuation of that conversation. So feel free to go back and check that out. Episode eight of the Launch University podcast. Also, subscribe to this podcast. This is the stuff that we've been creating for over two years now. And we really want to make sure you get value from these individuals that have crossed our paths and added value to us. And so make sure you do that by subscribing makes this process as simple as it possibly can be for you. Also go to the website, check out the show notes. If you go to launch university, that's Y O U university.com forward slash podcast, you can get a summary of this episode as well as links to uh, chef Ford Fry's website and social media handles and all of that good stuff as well. All right. Lastly, Share this with a friend. We need you to pass this along. We do this really for for us to make sure that we pass along the value someone gives to us because we want to share it. We, we know that you can make a difference. What you're creating does have value. However, you're doing things you've never done before, which means you need to be equipped with things you do not know. And we don't know what we don't know. So it's important to make sure we get in, get in front of leaders who can kind of shine a light ahead of us. Um, and kind of be what I'd like to call uh, either a lighthouse or a headlight, right? A headlight shines light right where you're about to go next, your next step. And sometimes you need a lighthouse. You need something that's going to shine way out ahead of you to let you know what's coming down the road. So when you show up and you encounter that later, you say, okay, someone told me about this once. This is normal. And they can get ahead of that and show you what you can expect down the road. So thank you again for listening to the Launch University podcast. And we look forward to having you join us next week when we're talking to Laura Quick of Good Grit Magazine. Talk to you then. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Launch University Podcast. We hope it's helped you move from go-getter to difference maker. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. For more helpful resources, visit launchuniversity.com.